an anti-Semitic attack takes place in Georgia City. Uh, Boris Johnson, Johnson wins the UK election, and impeachment is officially inevitable. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the God of Freedom Show. Alrighty, guys. I hope everyone has had a great week so far. Um, happy Friday, or actually Saturday, sorry. But we have a lot to get to today, so let's not waste time. Let's jump right into the news. So on uh, on Tuesday, a um, horrific uh, t- terrorist attack took place in New Jersey City, New Jersey, um, and it was um, an anti-Semitic attack as as that. But what happened was a basically two uh, shooters went up to a um, kosher supermarket in New Jersey City and began to open fire. Um, six people total were killed, um, including the two shooters. And uh, four other civilians, and a, a cop as well, was included in that. So, um, yeah, it, it was a very bad shooting. And apparently, the shooters were actually going. Their first target was to um, a Jewish like elementary school, I guess, where like a bunch of like kindergartners were like, learning and all that. So, it could have been a lot worse than what it already was. So, and apparently, um, these two shooters were, um, part of the group called the Black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites, and for those who don't know, um, who those, that people are, they're basically a group of people that believe that they're a lost tribe of Israel, or something like that, and they believe that all Jews who are alive today are fake Jewish people, or something like that, so... Yeah, they're not too kind to Jewish people like that, so for obvious reasons, I don't know. It's a very weird group, and um, probably most of y'all remember them from when they harassed the Covington, Covington Catholic High School students um, in the March for Life back in January. Remember that whole debacle, but yeah, it's a very horrific shooting, and um, the reason why, for those who are kind of wondering, the reason why I keep saying shooters, not their names, is because on this show I won't, I don't name the names of shooters or terrorists or anything, or show the pictures, for notoriety reasons. Because um, according to studies, um, if you give shooters sort of like any kind of kind of uh, notoriety or anything, like show the pictures, blast their names all over media. That that creates um, circumstances where there could be copycat shootings because people because the shooters thrive on attention, so and so when other people see it and say, "Oh, I want that kind of attention," so they go show up their school. So that's why I no longer name shooters or anything like that. But. Yeah, obviously, as I said before, it was an anti-Semitic shooting, obviously, because it was purposely targeting Jewish people, and everybody, you would think everybody would condemn it, like, saying, yes, it's totally anti-Semitic, and pretty much everybody did, but, of course, there's the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all those in the media who want to try to brush this under the rug because it, wasn't, it didn't fit their narrative, because, then, trust me, if this was a white, white supremacist, um, targeting and shooting Jews, it would have been all over the news for weeks. But since there was not a person of people of color, it was black people and doing it, um, and that gets a brush on the rug. 
and just the way the media has been like going about this whole thing has just been disgusting, very disgusting, and just tells you that they don't give a crap about anti-Semitism or whatsoever. So here is actually here's an example of this. Here's a piece from the New York Times. It's called "Is It Safe to Be Jewish in New York?" And I mean, currently, I mean, there is a rise in anti-Semitism in New York. So, if 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 you, but this was actually written last year. But here's what it says: Just past midnight on May first, a young rab- rabbinical student was walking home on Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn when he thought he was being followed. A moment after, the in- intuition st- struck. Two men grabbed him, threw him against the car, and started punching him. The victim had dropped a box of containing $200 meant for charity, but the money went untouched. The student, it seemed, was intact because he was overheard speaking Hebrew on his cell phone. His two assailants were indicated on assault and hate crime charges. No other city, no other American city is closely associated with Jewish identity than New York or more admittedly, images itself as the capital of liberal liberalism's most cherished values of tolerance, acceptance, and diversity. And yet, at the same time, New York has become an increasingly unsettling place to be Jewish. The first in- inkling of this emerged several days after the 2016 presidential election when swastikas and the phrase Go Trump showed up at the, on the playground equipment in Adam Yock Park in Brooklyn Heights. But in, but in fact, anti-Semitism was already quietly on the rise. For several years, expressions of anti-Jewish sentiment have made up the preponderance of hate crime complaints in the city. Contrary to what are surely the prevailing um, assumptions, anti-Semitic incidents have con- constituted half of all hate crimes in New York this year, according to the police department. To put that figure in context, there have been four times as many crimes motivated by bias against Jews, 142 in all, as there have been against blacks. Hate crimes against Jews have outnumbered hate crimes targeted at transgender people by a factor of 20. Within the course of a few days this month, the swastika showed up on a upper west side corner of, and two ultra-Orthodox men were attacked on the street in ascetic neighbor, neighborhoods in Brooklyn in separate incidents, and one of them, according to the police and prosecutors, a Muslim livery driver jumped out of a car and started beating up his victim. Seemingly at, ra- seemingly at random, yelling Allah just this week. More swastikas appeared in advance of Halloween on Garden Place, a popular trick-or-treating spot in Brooklyn Heights. Hate messages were left inside a Prospect Heights synagogue prior to the to a political event m- mediated by Ilana Glazar of Broad City and anti-Semitic acronym was found on a pickup truck's on vanity license plate.
play in Queens. So basically, this is what this piece is going through. It's kind of going through different pieces of incidents of you know what Jews go through in New York and all that. If anti-Semitism, sorry, if anti-Semitism bypasses consideration uh, as a serious problem in New York, it is to some extent because it refuses to conform to an easy narrative with a single ideological enemy. During the past 22 months, not one person caught or identified as the aggressor in an anti-Semitic hate crime has been associated with a far-right group. Um, far, far right wing group, Mark Molinari, sorry, commanding officer of the police department, told me. So basically, what the New York Times was submitted here is that, um, they consider that they don't really consider certain um, types of anti-Semitism hate crimes because it doesn't fit their particular narrative. If it's not a white supremacist doing the hate crime. They uh, just brush out a rug because it doesn't fit the narrative, which tells you that they don't. They again, they don't give a crap about anti-Semitism whatsoever. And the New York Times just admitted as much, really. So, I um, mean, that's the New York Times, and then we have the Washington Post, who just who are equally as bad. But this is an insane piece, and if if, if this piece was written like about, like say. Hispanics, black people, whatever, it would have been rightly uh, called as racist and bigoted. And rightly. So this piece is called Jersey City Grapples with Ramifications of Shooting at Kosher Market. Jersey City, the KJC Kosher Supermarket, sits on a block that appears the portrait of the American cultural melting pot. Across the street is a Catholic parish. A few storefronts in in one direction is a African hair braiding salon, and the other a mosque. The entire block rests a few miles of El Silence, settled in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty. Yet the market and the ultra-Orthodox families that frequent it also nods to a more complicated, if equally American story. That of a poor black community that after decades of underinvestment has been has seen a wave of redevelopment and new arrivals. More than 100 Jewish families have moved here in recent years, fleeing astronomical housing costs in Brooklyn, settled into affordable homes across the Hudson in the heart of a, of a historic goal. Historic black community. While their arrival prompts fears that there would be a tension between Hasidic rivals and the black residents who have been there for generations, many who have moved here say they have found friendly neighbors who made them feel at home. Then, on Tuesday, a horrific treatment um, threatened, or a horrific attack threatened to shatter that goodwill. Two shooters stormed the kosher supermarket, killing three people inside. 
and it was uh, the names of the victims were 31-year-old co-owner Mindy Fernandez, store employee Douglas Miguel Rodriguez, and a customer um, Moche Detuch. I'm sorry, I'm probably botching these things, these names badly. Then engaged in an hours-long gun battle with responding officers as dozens of horrified Jewish children were huddled in a community center, one floor above. And as I mentioned before, they were the targets initially, but they couldn't get in there, so they went into the Sermaga instead. And um, also, they found that the shooters have posted anti-Semitic stuff on their social media pages and all that. So. Long-time black residents and ultra-Orthodox implants alike say that they haven't haven't experienced um, significant ethnic tensions here, but all stress the importance of not allowing this targeted attack to pit the two groups. Both of speeches of outsiders against against the each other. So top of there. Yeah, excuse me. We have been welcoming to any nationality that has come he, um, here," said Joyce Waterman, who is black, represents the area on the city council. These are eleven people. These people do not have hate in their heart, and I want to make that clear. I really want to make that clear. We are always welcoming and will continue to be welcoming. And again, like, no one's really making that distinction, like, saying, trying to pit the two groups together. I mean, these two shooters were part of a group called the Black Cuban Israelites. So, I mean, that, that doesn't mean everybody else in that neighborhood is part of it. It's just those two were. But the piece goes on to saying the reason why this happened is because of like unfair treatment and poor housing development or such nonsense, which again is not true. Like these people, these shooters had a specific target with this specific ideology they follow. So, I mean, once again, Washington Post and New York Times and the media entirely showing that they don't give a crap about anti-Semitism. It's really gross. And I mean, and this this is why people don't trust the media, is because of things like this. And to give and even to more reasons why they don't really care about anti-Semitism, they only care about getting Trump, is this. This is an insane piece from the New York Times right here. An insane piece. And it's um, Trump's executive order and the rise of anti-Semitism. Now, for those who don't know, the um, executive order is mentioned is that Trump issued an executive order that basically gives protections, Title VI protections to Jewish people on college campuses, which is should have been done a long time ago. But I mean, good thing is now being done now. But still, and what and is outlined in the executive order is that it not only identifies Jews as just a religion, also as identifies them as an um, ethnic group and race to give them, make them qualify for those protections.
and you would think that would be uncontroversial because Jewishness is in fact ethnic as well as re- religious in nature. And the New York Times and like the media has been they proponents of this like they they don't like they don't like you know Jewishness being referred to only religion. They said is an ethnic group include all Jews and whatever. But when it comes to Trump, when he like starts protecting that nationality, they want to go against him or whatever. It's just ridiculous. Here's what the piece says. Last year, anti-Semitic attacks killed more Jews around the globe than any than in any year in decades. Worshippers were gunned down during Saturday services in Pitch, Pittsburgh's Tree of Life synagogue. Attackers attackers took the lives of a Jewish college student in California and Holocaust survivor in France. German Jews were cautioned not to wear skull caps or Strata David on the street. Charlottesville, Virginia rang out with the cries of Jews will not replace us. One of four, when local residents turned up for services at Charlottesville con- Congregation in Beth, Israel, they found men with semi-matic grapples at the synagogue doors offering protection they didn't know they need. On Tuesday, two gunmen, um, including one said to have published anti-Semitic posts, to have been a follower of the Black Hebrew Islam movement, which is a hostile to Jews, killed four people in a rampage in Jersey City that appears to have targeted a kosher market. The ties of anti-Semitism continue to rise higher and more government action is sorely needed. The Department of Homeland Security's recent strategy shift focused on the growing threat of white nationalist terrorism was an important step. On Wednesday, Trump, President Trump stepped himself, but he did as much to stir the waters as he did to sell them. Mr. Trump signed an executive order to combat anti-Semitism on college campuses by using Title yeah, Title Six of the Civil Rights Act, Act of 1964 to withhold federal money from schools that failed to counter discrimination against Jews. Similar congressional legislation has bipartisan support in previous administrations, both Democratic and Republican, have taken similar actions to prevent hate and discrimination. While Mr. Trump's actions might might seem like a gesture of real concern, it is a little to talk than a larger source of violent anti-Semitism in America and possibly threatens um, free speech rights. So, apparently, giving Jews on college campuses Title VI, title six uh, protections could threaten free speech? What? Okay. The object of the government's response in the increased campus uh, debate about boycott, boycott, divestment, and sanctions, the BDSMA, which is an anti-Semitic group whose like sole goal is to basically, they want to see what Israel wiped out the map, map pretty much. They don't believe Israel is a um, real state and, and is occupied territory or whatever. Anyways, the campaign's Palestinian founders initially called for changes in Israeli policies, but many supporters have taken it up to oppose Israel's existence as a Jewish state. 
Many supporters of the Israel have said the boycott movement is anti-Semitism in disguise. What is the course? What is the course true? Whatever its extent, BDS has, has helped to create a hostile environment for Jewish students, most of whom support Israel. At Emory University, for example, a Palestinian advocacy group posted a mock eviction notices on campus campus to protect protect it, sorry protest Israeli um, actions frightening some Jewish students. Such incidents are frightened, but the larger threat to American Jews goes beyond um, college students sparing over Israel policies. Violent anti-Semitism is being fomented most significantly by white nationalists and the far right, which is in America is true. But that doesn't mean we should brush other kinds of anti-Semitism under the rug. I get what the point is here. And really, the point is to try to lump in President Trump with this, even though President Trump has over and over denounced this group. And criticism of President's, um, the President's executive order has come across the ideological spectrum. The founding Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, a group that advocates free speech on Kansas, often, often for conservatives, said the executive order would impermissibly threaten the excessive rights of students and faculty on at institutions across the country. So, okay, let me get straight again. Like, I'm confused here. The order is specifically to give, like, give protections to Jewish people from discrimination. It doesn't target people who say something bad, criticize Israel or anything. It give it targets people who specific, specifically, like, go after Jews for being Jews. So what is the? I don't get the point. Like this is this is why right here, like they. It just does not make sense. Like, and this is why, again, New York Times, Washington Post, nobody in media gives a crap about anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism whatsoever. They don't give a crap about it. And they wonder why people don't trust the media at all. And this is why. This is exactly why. And yeah, it's all it's all gross and just everything. I don't get it. Alrighty, so let's get into some more news right here. Um, let's talk about Boris Johnson for a little bit. So Boris Johnson, um, who was uh, running the Conservative Party in the UK, um, won the UK election for Prime Minister yesterday. Um, on Wednesday was it, or a couple days ago, whatever. And yeah, the election results were insane. So basically, I have it right here. It was. Conservative Party for Boris Johnson, it was 365 total seats that won. And total of those were, percentage-wise, was 43.6% and about 13,966,565 votes. Compare that to the Labor Party by Jeremy Corbyn. There's two or three seats, 32.2% and only about a little over 10 million votes. 
So yeah, the Labor Party got smacked badly in this election, and roughly, roughly so, because Labor Party it was run by Jeremy Jeremy Corbyn, with a very obviously it was a communist type party, and all that, and obviously Jeremy Corbyn was a rabid anti-Semite, so and that's exactly why they don't. That's why Zachary, he didn't win because of all that. And the media just went nuts about this whole thing. Like, how could that be possible that Boris Johnson won this election? So here's a piece from the UK Guardian. And it's just insane. Saying right here Britain needs its own Mueller report on Russia interference. So. They're blaming Russia interference for them losing. Yeah. You wonder why people don't take the media seriously. The British political system has become thoroughly compromised by Russian influence. Its high crime in, in time institutions, including the media, woke up to that fact. Ooh, the scavy Russians. Ooh. In, t- in 2016, both the Anakim and the United States were targets of Russian efforts to swing their votes. The aim was to weaken the alliances that had constrained Vladimir Putin's ambitions, such as the European Union and NATO. So, yeah. Basically, with this speech, is just saying that it's all Russia's fault that Boris Johnson won this election, which is utterly insane. And the left has the audacity to say, like, if the right doesn't accept elections, they're um, a threat to democracy or whatever. But here they are every single day, like, refusing to accept the election results of all these. Like, they still refuse to accept the election results of 2016 in the U.S. and probably the U.K. And they all blame it on this Russian efforts. And again, there were Russian efforts to target... Um, U.S. elections, but it wasn't successful whatsoever. So, well, I don't get the, I really don't get the point of this. It just, it is stupid. It just doesn't, it's, it's really dumb. So, I mean, this should be really teaching tool to Democrats here in the U.S. Because they want to try to run, like, their most radical person or whatever. As possible, they want to try to get maybe Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren into the nomination, and if that happens, like they'll get swamped in twenty twenty badly. And this should be a teaching tool that they should really think about picking someone who's a little more moderate in the future, because people who Democrats who are moderate tend to win more elections. Like not a single radical Democrat has won elections at all. I don't think. Unless it's in a deep blue district. Okay. So, yeah, we shall see. Is this. So, let's get into some impeachment gate 2019. So, on this week, um, the House Judiciary approved of uh, the articles of impeachment. For in 
the they have two articles of impeachment they need to prove. Uh, one was over abuse of power, which is very broad in itself. And the reason why it's broad is because they don't have nothing. That's just they don't have nothing criminal that happened or anything. Like they keep saying that oh, Trump committed like bribery offenses and all that. And that's the case. Why isn't wasn't that in the article of impeachment? If so, like clear that it should have been in there, in there. but there was again why, why it's not in there because it's just nothing there, and so they have nothing to pitch him on, nothing. And I mean, of course, was was it bad that President Trump like did this, like did it like even if it was for corrupt reasons? Is it bad that he used bad for Mitchell Giuliani to do this? Of course, is it illegal? No. So, it they have nothing there, and this is why it's going to backfire. And I'll get that in a little bit. But the second article of impeachment they have is um, accepting the Congress, which that is a bunch of BS at its, itself. Like there are cases that because Trump was going to deny subpoenas, or whatever. The thing is, like, they've issued no subpoenas whatsoever to anybody that could have verified this whole story, like Mike Pence or anybody. So, like, how can they accept Congress when you didn't even give them anything to obstruct? Like, it doesn't make... Trump just said it, yes. Trump says things on a freaking basis. So, it doesn't... That doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I mean... Again, so the impeachment is actually going to probably happen on when this when's coming Wednesday, and it is going to happen. P- Trump Trump is going to be impeached in the House, but nothing's going to happen whatsoever. And I'm going to be so surprised if this doesn't backfire on Democrats completely, because American people are not up for impeachment, and and when they see that Democrats are doing this on no basis whatsoever, they're going to look at that saying, okay, like, how can we support a party that does this kind of stuff, on top of them being a very, have these radical views whatsoever, or so, yeah, and I hope it backfires on, on them too, because they need to learn a lesson <laughs> that they can't just up and up do this right here. Alright, so, yeah, and yeah, it's, just, it's so ridiculous, and it, it just tells it like they the Democrats keep saying that this is all for, you know, this is not for political reasons or whatever. Okay, apparently my camera cut off, but yeah, what the Democrats keep saying is that this is not for political reasons or anything bullcrap. It is fully for political reasons. Fully. 
And, I mean, really, they're going to try to, like, get him on anything. So here's a ridiculous thing right here. So Trump's team tweeted out the other day a mean video of Trump's face on Thanos from Endgame, Avengers Endgame. And it was was kind of funny, stupid, but funny. But everybody went insane over it, like, like, Always, like, they went insane over Trump posting a Conan the Dog meme and Trump posting a meme of his face on Rocket Balboa. It's all, it's all ridiculous. And... They deserve every ounce of blowback that they're going to get. Alrighty, so... Um... Yeah, let's get into some scripture right now. So, it's going to be a short one right now for this one. But on what it is, it's going to be over John chapter 6. I can get my Bible open. <laughs> Alrighty, so... John chapter 6 is going to be starting from 16 to 21. And it is going to be, it is shorter. But the reason why is that there's a, the following uh, section is kind of longer. And I want to spend more time on that, like just personally. And, and all that. So this one's over Jesus walks on water. And here's what's, here's, and you're going to follow along. And I'll be on the New 11 translation, of course. Um, that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell, and Jesus still had to come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon, a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and they immediately arrived at the destination. So yeah, it's very simple, kind of simple text right here, and um, it does go to more detail in Matthew into what kind of happened. But you know, they see Jesus walk on the water, and he calls out for Peter to come up to him, and he starts to, but then he like loses like because he has kind of little faith at the time that like, he starts to fear. Like the storm and everything, he just drops into the water and all that. I believe that's what happens. Yeah. But what is kind of the lesson here is like just have, like have faith in Jesus itself. Like, like it is easy to, like, let our kind of the mind monsters come in and say, like, come in and say, like, you can't do this. Like, you you don't have you don't have the capability to do this whatsoever. Which is not true. Like, with Jesus, that's not true. And that's why he's our, like, God in hand right there. Like, so, like, no matter how many times you fall, when you have faith in Jesus, he'll be there to pick you back up. Which is truly amazing. Truly amazing. So, yeah, next week will be over Jesus the Bright Life. And it's a longer section, but... Like I said, I would do want to kind of spend more time on it and not just like kind of drag, like go 
through today. So I'll be doing that next week. Alrighty, so let's get to some good stuff and bad stuff of the week. So some good stuff of the week. Um, I don't know how many of y'all actually watch the CW um, DC shows on on CW, CW yeah. um, but it is. I do recommend kind of taking it out. Um, I don't recommend all the shows, really. Um, but the two shows I do recommend that I like personally is Arrow and The Flash. The Flash is my favorite. And the first season of Supergirl was alright. It was, it was actually really good. But the second season just kind of went downhill. Um, Legends Tomorrow was okay. And then haven't seen the rest of them. But there's, there's a good group of shows. But So what's cool about what these shows did is that they do kind of these little crossovers during what during kind of this time, December time, whatever. Um, it used to be just the Arrow and Flash doing their kind of small little cross crossover, but then it got into more shows coming in, and they're doing a much bigger crossover. And I remember they did one where the Vasion, something called the Vasion, which is when aliens came to Earth and started attacking them, and then the next one was uh, Crisis on Earth X, which it's kind of a adaptation of Crisis on Earth 2, I believe. It was very similar in some ways, but a little di- definitely different. And then there was something called Elseworlds. And Elseworlds was basically a... kind of It was very interesting. It's basically where the Arrow and the Flash is identities switched. Like, so the Arrow was now the Flash, and the Flash was now Arrow. It was very interesting, and all played in. It was all kind of leading up to this current crossover, which was Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I'm just saying, it was one of the best crossovers they ever did. It was almost on the level of Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, but it was just awesome, very very cool. And spoiler alert: what happens is that what's going to happen is that what happens in the comics is that the anti-monitor, his goal is to wipe out the entire multiverse and he almost sees in the comics but the Flash sacrifices himself, himself and destroys the device that is creating this anti-matter wave across the, and then stopping and then saving like Earth 1 but what they did in the um show is that they, that was going to happen like our bear was going to sacrifice himself and save the multiverse but then, like, the sh- bear from the show. But then another Barry Allen from Earth-90, which is um, actually the same Barry Allen that was in the Flash 90s TV show, um, was, in, was in this um, episode, um, in this crossover, and he took our, the CW Barry's place and, and for that. But, unlike in the, unlike in the comics... Um, the antimatter came in at the very end of the episode, and basically reopened the antimatter wave, and took out Earth One, which was the only Earth at the time. So basically, and they killed almost everybody except for the main heroes. So it's kind of like Infinity War ending in a way. So like pretty much the villain sees that what he was trying to do and everything. It was pretty interesting. Like, and I can't wait to see what the rest of the crossover brings, but again, I do recommend trying to check out this entire series. I recommend The Flash and Arrow, but you can check out all the rest if you want. 
Alright, let's get to some bad stuff. So, some bad stuff of the week is, um, Time Magazine decided to name Greta Thunberg their Time Person of the Year. Which is, um, for those who know who Greta Thunberg is, is that she is this, um, 11-year-old who's a climate activist. Like, going around the world, like, trying to, like, like, advocate for climate change and all that. And, like, she's famous for, like, like, being on the UN, I believe. And, like, just going after the government, governments there. But... Yeah, it just it's just ridiculous that you know Time Magazine wouldn't name her. That's I think Baby Yoda should have been Time Magazine person of the year, but I mean that's that's a joke, of course. But I mean, a lot of people like you know, kind of you know, as like I'm trying I'm trying to say sorry, but as much you know, Greta Thunberg, Thunberg was she said it's not true. I mean, she I don't fault her for being kind of. Like, being active in this area. Like, if she wants to be active in this area, like, good for her. But the main thing that bothers me about this whole thing is that the Democrats use her as a shield from any criticism whatsoever. So, if you criticize any kind of climate policy that Greta Thunberg suggests, is that you criticize that. You say, how dare you criticize a child? How, like, or anything. It's like, just, it's all ridiculous. And they do that with, Democrats do that with gun control as well. So it's very gross. So I think as much as what she says is not true, I'm, I'm not gonna fault her completely on everything. Cause I mean she's being I think manipulated by the Democrats, and I guess she wants attention too. But most mean mostly the manipulation. All right, I think that's all I have for today. Um. So yeah. So I was. Yeah, I'll be back here next week. So, um, also, be sure to like, share, subscribe. And um, also, check me out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Um, I would say iTunes, but they're being jerks right now. So, which is why Apple Apple is a very overrated product. Just saying. Just saying. But anyways, yeah, check all those out. So, if you just want to... Listen to it and start watching the video. But I'll see y'all. I think it was. I'll see y'all next week. My name is Sean Clinton, and this is the God of Frame Show.